It's a rump shaker. Shake your rump. Disabled Americans are going back to work at a faster clip than the general population. Thank you for tuning into the What's the Matter with Me podcast. My name is John. I'm 43 years old, husband, father, small business owner, radio DJ podcaster, and I have multiple sclerosis, so I made this podcast to share what I'm going through. How about it? Rump Shaker. There's an article that was in the Times. Disabled Americans are going to work at a faster clip than the general population. For disabled workers, a tight labor market opens new doors by Ben Castleman. We'll we'll get through that later. But first, we've been visiting the library. I drove myself through the Caldecott Tunnel to go check out the Walnut Creek Library. It was cool. The the Caldecott Tunnel is kind of like Mandalorian. It's like that bar. It feels like there should be a door in the Caldecott Tunnel, like in the middle of it, and it opens up to that bar uh, from Star Wars, you know? Like the people, the, there's like a hot jazz band, do, 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 and they're, it's like you're in Star Wars, and people have two mouths and three eyes, and or one eye and three mouths. And, you know, it's Star Star Wars, Caldecott Tunnel has a door that you can open it, and and you can you can actually if there's traffic on the Caldecott Tunnel and your car is stopped, you can get out of your car and go into this side door, and it's the the jazz bar from Star Wars, the Mose Eisley Cantina. The Mos Eisley Cantina is a dimly lit tavern known for its strong drinks, hot tunes, and occasional outbreaks of shocking violence. And you get to the Mos Eisley Cantina from a door in the Caldecott Tunnel. That makes sense. The Caldecott Tunnel is like Mos Eisley. Right? That's a planet in Star Wars. Anyway, I went to the library. I took the Caldecott Tunnel there. Shoutouts to Rocky. Rocky the Librarian. Shoutouts. And something my kids say. I don't know if, if you're around kids. They say this to you. They're always like... They're using this phrase that I was talking to my wife. We never used it when we were kids. They say, I search up. I'm going to search up something and search up because the kids, they, they know Google and the search button, you know, clicking the search button and they, they've heard of looking things up in the card catalog, but all the card catalogs are online and you don't really look up something you search for something clicking on the search button anyway i think that's cool that search up contains the card catalog look up look up something or like looking it up in the index at the back of a book but also it's combined with the search engine 
or maybe it's a combination of look up and search engine actually dot but anyway search it up if you ever need some knowledge just search it up you can look it up or use the search engine vroom Don't take my word for it. Just search it up. I took the kids to the library by myself. The library here, not in Walnut Creek. I I went to the local library here in San Leandro because the kids had all their books were they were done and they were ready to get some new books. So I took the kids to the library on a Saturday afternoon by myself. And this is like a big, you know, I, I've been so hopped up on anti-convulsants. You know, I wasn't driving and I wasn't taking the kids anywhere. I went to the library a couple times in my wheelchair, you know. So now I'm driving to the library by myself, taking the kids to the kids' library and John, John, I let him play Roblox. I let him log into the kids, the internet at the library and play Roblox. So that was like a a thing. That was an, a, a kind of reward, I guess. And Coco wanted to get some new books. I wanted to give my wife some alone time on Saturday. And I also wanted to give myself some kind of like time to do something, time to be in charge. I took the kids to the library. I walked with my stick all the way up into the library, into the kids' library. I I walked around there. You know, I I wasn't comfortable walking around a bunch of kids because, like, I didn't want to fall on them and hurt them, you know? And they were, like, racing around. But now I have better balance. And, you know, like I said, I can make my muscle groups coordinate and I can stand there. So I took the kids to the library I went into the area where the kids were playing and played with my daughter and I wasn't a a threat to crush someone's child on accident. I gave my wife some alone time. She needs that. You know, she's been since July. She was taking me everywhere, getting my wheelchair in and out of the car. You know, my wife is a monster maniac slash damager. She's sturdy. She's like one of those um, things made it where you got a two by four. What are those called? My wife is like a DIY two by four workbench. She is tough. So I wanted to give her some alone time. And we were at the library for a couple hours, you know, we got graphic novels and books. Coco was reading books and I just wanted to leave my wife alone in the house and she slept the whole time, you know, so I'm glad about that. I'm like, sleep, my darling. And me and the kids are going to rock and roll searching stuff up at the library. 
my daughter is reading books. She's now at the stage where even the she's still getting the very simple like board books and you know she wants to read there's a walk aid in my pocket or a board book, but she's doing that. And she's getting the concept that they Neller and the Geller and the Seller, they all rhyme. And so she's like getting that. But then she's reading more complicated books. Amelia Bedelia. I wonder if Amelia and Bedelia, Amelia Bedelia has beef with Fancy Nancy. Like was, or did the lawyers, I mean, are there lawyers? There's got to be. My daughter is reading books while while John John was playing Roblox. I was sitting with her and helping her with any words that she got stuck on, but she pretty much did it all by herself. She she really doesn't want to ask me anything. The kids are want to show off how much they know. They're in that zone. So my daughter is reading books. She. Got a bunch of books out on Saturday. We went home. Wife woke up. I was like, the party's over. We're back. <laughs> Had some people over on Sunday. And we barbecued some carne asada that they had in the marinade at the butcher shop. I just said, give me a bunch of that. What's in, what's in the marinade thing? I was like, carne asada. I was like, cool. Got a couple of pounds, barbecued that up, then chopped it up and served it with salsa. Cheating guacamole, which is just avocado mashed up with hopping hot sauce, and it works. Hopping hot sauce. It's the best hot sauce, hoppin' hot sauce. It's the best sauce in the world. The world, I'm telling you. So cheating guacamole, I think there was some sour cream and beef and that we had some salsa too. So it was cool to have people over, have a barbecue. I'm, I'm able to barbecue again. I'm not afraid I'm going to fall face down on the lit barbecue and kill myself but i'm like standing and engaging my core and i'm like i'm not gonna fall on the barbecue so it's a little more mellow i gotta barbecue your ass if then the next day was monday and the kids were off school They had a teacher development day and the kids were all off school. So I I took them out, out and about. I drove them to Big Five in Hayward. Then we went into El Pollo Loco. I've I've never been inside. I've only used the drive-through, and I'm happy to report that the drive-through takes forever. And if you just get out of your car, it takes no time at all. So we went home and then we went back to the library because my son had read uh, all of his books on Sunday. So he got books out of the library on Saturday, read them all on Sunday. We went back on Monday. You know, I'm starting to take the kids around by myself and be my own independent agent remember that thing when they were like a couple episodes ago and they were like um did you come here by yourself because i seemed like i shouldn't really be alone 
and now i'm i've i'm feeling better being somewhere by myself of course we went to big five and right away i locked my keys in the car so i had to go inside and i locked my phone in the car so i had to go inside big five and say oh hey excuse me can i use the phone here i gotta call my wife so you know it's not without hiccups i'm a free agent but i'm still screwing things up and that'll probably continue tuesday i went to stanford the kids were back in school i went to palo alto and my uh, surgeon the guy who performed the surgery i had my like final post-op meeting with him everything is fine and i was happy with the results and so is he you know he poked my face with a safety pin to measure the sensation and some places i'm still numb you know and he said if it changes i can come back and repeat the process and it should put me back into remission like i'm in now so cool my wife drove me to stanford because she likes coming to the doctor's appointment because she's nosy i guess but then once in a while something happens and she's like i gotta stop going to your doctor's appointments they're traumatizing like they put me in the chair and start hurting me and my wife is like i'm not sure i should be here well no one hurt me it was fine the guy was poking me in the face with the safety pin like pretty hard right in my cheek and I could barely feel it. So there you go. Barely feel it. It might change because I guess your brain can regenerate nerve cells and so feeling might evolve and I get it repeated. That was Tuesday my wife took me there and yesterday I drove to Oakland and I got my hair cut. And last time I got my hair cut in Oakland, my wife drove me and I was barely awake in the barber chair because I was on so much medication. And you know, it's relaxing to get a haircut. I almost fell asleep. But yesterday I was wide awake laughing and telling stories and it was cool. I drove to Oakland. I got my hair cut. Last time I was getting my hair cut, you know, six weeks ago or whatever, I I could barely, you know, they would wash your hair and then you walk from there to the um, place where you sit and get your hair cut, the chair from chair to chair i guess i don't know what's the different chair the shampoo chair and the hair cutting chair and to walk between those there's like mats on the floor and cables and it was i was afraid i was gonna fall last time but it was no problem yesterday So stuff is like coming back to me. And last night, I cooked food. I cooked a bunch of stuff for dinner. And that was my job prior to moving here to San Leandro. Because I've been kind of having a lot of medication and falling the whole time I've been here. 
And now I'm kind of cleared up a little. So last night I cooked and it was fun. I went to the meat shop on the corner. I got a ham hock and a, a pound and a quarter of ling cod. So last night I cooked collards and ham, baked miso ling cod and broccoli and rice. Just parboiled the broccoli and my wife put this kind of sesame dressing on it. And the collards and ham, I'm working on making a hop and hot sauce collard greens and ham hock recipe. And the ling cod was just baked in the oven with miso, soy sauce, and olive oil on it. So I'm kind of back in the kitchen, man. I made several things. And I did do everything. My wife helped out. And that's that was awesome. So last night I cooked. I was back in the kitchen. Collards and ham. That collards and ham hopping hot sauce recipe is going to come out on the blog soon. And I'll let you know. Miso lingcod is easy. You just take equal parts miso, soy sauce, and olive oil, mix them together, brush it onto the fish, and then bake it at 400 for like 10 to 15 minutes. I'm back in the kitchen. I'm cooking food. It was good. It was good to eat food I cooked. I'm particular. I have to have it a certain way. My son is being picked on at school, and I have rise on hold. Rye, the book is called Rise, and it's a hardcover, kind of larger, almost a reference book. Rise, a pop history of Asian America from the 90s to now by Jeff Yang, Phil Yu, and Philip Wang. Cultural critic Jeff Yang, blogger Phil Yu of Angry Asian Man, and Wong Fu Productions, Philip Wang team up with many guests for a graphic romp through the ups and downs of how over the past three decades Asian Americans went from quiet and invisible to incredibly relevant and irresistibly cool. I found rise for my wife to kind of grow her own understanding of her Asian Asian American identity. And now my son is being picked on at school and he reports like the because he's he's a quarter Japanese, but the other Asian kids consider him white and he gets like kind of picked on ostracized and he was like they they call me white and I'm like that is not true. You're a quarter Japanese and like when you're older Like, it's a shame on everyone that you are Japanese, you're Asian, you're not just white. You are white, but you're also Asian. And that's okay. That's the truth. And I want him to find support in his identity. He's having a hard time at school, and I was like, you need to check out and see other people are like you. 
So I got this book Rides from the library. I got it on hold for my wife originally. She started reading it and she was like, whoa, I never thought about all this stuff. And it was really causing her to think about herself, examine herself. And that's what I want for my family. You know, I'm I'm like, if you do the DNA test, if you ask it, I'm like over three quarters Irish. But then the rest is like a motley mixture of all sorts of stuff. And I feel powerful to have like I, within me, I contain multitudes. That's what Walt, Walt Whitman said. It came to me because Bob Dylan's got that rough and rowdy ways tour going on right now. And uh, there's a lot of talk about it. And I saw a video of him playing it. And it was pretty good. I like the lyrics because I Contain Multitudes is from Walt Whitman. Let me find the Whitman first. So Walt Whitman wrote the song of myself, 51. He said, the past and present wilt. I have filled them, emptied them, and proceed to fill my next fold of the future. Do I contradict myself? Very well, then. I contradict myself. I am large. I contain multitudes. And then Dylan is kind of, he's just riffing on that idea of I contain multitudes. Today and tomorrow and yesterday, too. The flowers are dying like all things do. Follow me close. I'm going to Bali Nali. I'll lose my mind if you don't come with me. I fuss with my hair and I fight blood feuds. I contain multitudes. Got a telltale heart like Mr. Poe. Got skeletons in the walls of people you know. I'll drink to the truth of things we said I'll drink to the man that shares your bed. I paint landscapes. I paint nudes. I contain multitudes. It's cool. Check it out. Bob Dylan, I contain multitudes. There's a pretty good rough and ready ways. Check him playing that on the rough and ready ways tour. Inside us, we contain multitudes. We all contain multitudes. So I want my kid to understand that there's more to the story than just a very reductive being picked on. There's a lot in us. And that's a lot of strength. I want them to, you know, because I look at the multitudes inside me and I feel supported. I feel proud. I get strength from them, from that unbroken continuity that I am. Whitman says the past and present wilt. I have filled them, emptied them, and proceed to fill my next fold of the future. For disabled workers, a tight labor market opens new doors by Ben Castleman. With COVID 
prompting more employers to consider remote arrangements, employment has soared among adults with disabilities. The strong late pandemic labor market is giving a lift to a group often left on the margins of the economy, workers with disabilities. Employers desperate for workers are reconsidering job requirements, overhauling hiring processes, and working with nonprofit groups to recruit candidates they might once have overlooked. At the same time, companies' newfound openness to remote work has led to opportunities for people whose disabilities make in-person work and the taxing daily commute it requires difficult or impossible. As a result, the share of disabled adults who are working has soared in the past two years, far surpassing its pre-pandemic level and outpacing gains among people without disabilities. In interviews and surveys, people with disabilities report they're getting not only more job offers, but better ones with higher pay, more flexibility, and more openness to providing accommodations that once would have required a fight if they were offered at all. The new world we live in has opened the door a little bit more, said Gene Bowes, president and chief executive of the Northwest Center, a Seattle organization that helps people with disabilities become more independent. The doors are opening wider because there's just more demand for labor. Skipping down, we have a last-in, first-out labor market, and disabled people are often among the last-in and the first-out, said Adam Ozemek, chief economist at the Economic Innovation Group, a Washington research organization. Remote work, however, has the potential to break that cycle at least for some workers. Many economists believe that the shift toward remote work, unlike the red-hot labor market, is likely to prove lasting. More than 35% of disabled Americans ages 18 to 64 had jobs in September. That was up from 31% before the pandemic and is a record in the 15 years the government kept track. Disabled adults have seen employment rates recover much faster, Mr. Ozmek said. That's good news, and it's important to understand whether that's a temporary thing or a permanent thing, and my conclusion is that not only is it a permanent thing, but it's going to improve. Before the pandemic, Catherine Wiltz repeatedly asked her employer to let her work from home because of her disability, a chronic autoimmune disorder whose symptoms include pain and severe fatigue. Her requests were denied. When the pandemic hit, the hospital in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where Miss Wilts worked in the medical billing department, sent her home, along with many of her colleagues. Last month, she started a new job with a new employer, an insurance company, in which she will be permanently able to work remotely. 
as she struggled through one particularly difficult day recently. She reflected on how hard it would have been to need to go into the office. It would have been almost impossible, she said. I would have pushed myself and I would have pushed my body and there's a very real possibility that I would have ended up in the hospital. There are also subtler benefits. Miss Wiltz can get the monthly drug infusions she receives to treat her disorder during her lunch break rather than taking time off work. She can turn down the lights to stave off migraines. She doesn't have to worry that her colleagues are staring at her and wondering what's wrong. All of that makes her a more productive employee. It makes me a lot more comfortable and able to think more clearly and do a better job anyway, she said. The sudden embrace of remote work during the pandemic was met with some exasperation from some disability rights leaders who had spent years trying, mostly without success, to persuade employers to offer more flexibility to their employees. Remote work and remote Work options are something that our community has been advocating for for decades. And it's a little frustrating that for decades, corporate America was saying, it's too complicated. We'll lose productivity. And now suddenly it's like, sure, let's do it said Charles Edward Catherine, Director of Corporate and Governmental Relations for the National Organization on Disability. Still, he said, the shift is a welcome one. For Mr. Catherine, who is blind, not needing to commute to work means not coming home with cuts on his forehead and bruises on his leg. And for people with more serious mobility limitations, remote work is the only option. Many employers are now scaling back remote work and are encouraging or requiring employees to return to the office. But experts expect remote and hybrid work to remain much more common and more widely accepted than it was before the pandemic. That may make it easier for disabled employees to continue to work remotely. The pandemic may also reshape the legal landscape. In the past, employers often resisted offering remote work as an accommodation to disabled workers, and judges rarely required them to do so. But that may change now that so many companies were able to adapt to remote work in 2020, said Arlene S. Cantor, director of the Disability Law and Policy Program at the Syracuse University Law School. If other people can show that they can perform their work well at home, as they did during COVID, then people with disabilities, as a matter of accommodation, shouldn't be denied that right, Ms. Cantor said. Now, quoting Mr. Catherine from National Organization on Disability, he says, 
When we say it's historically high, that's absolutely true. But we don't want to send the wrong message and give ourselves a pat on the back, Mr. Catherine said, because we're still twice as likely to be unemployed and we're still underpaid when we're lucky enough to be employed. Disability issues are likely to become more prominent in coming years because the pandemic has left potentially millions of adults dealing with the disability. A recent study by by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York estimated close to 2 million working age Americans had become disabled because of long COVID. Employers that don't find ways to accommodate workers with disabilities, whether through remote work or other adjustments, are going to continue to struggle to find employees, said Mason Amery, a Rutgers University business professor who studies disability. Employers have to shape up, he said. Employers have to pivot. Otherwise, this labor shortage may be more permanent. So that was Ben Castleman in the New York Times, October 25th, 2022. Ben Castleman writes about economics with a particular focus on stories involving data. Shout out at Ben Castleman. Cool. A cool article. Disabled people are going back to work. What's the Matter With Me podcast in the books. Thank you for tuning in. Get yourself some Hoppin' Hot Sauce and you too can make um, collard greens with a ham hock and the Hoppin' Hot Sauce in a man. It was good. Man, that was special, wasn't it? Thank you for tuning in to the What's the Matter With Me podcast. You can find past episodes on what's the matter with me.org, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere you get podcast wherever whenever however you get it what's the matter with me is probably there check you next time